Yeah, I'm good. I heard all that. You know I love doing these hits, and you know I'm not done work. Come on, Low Tide. It's a Friday. I got podcasts to do. <laughs> oh, come on. You're flying. By the way, I saw somebody say that you should just do all of them, that you're the best one over there. Did you see that one? Uh, no, I didn't, and I can't let my I can't let that get to my head. Wow. I was like, wow, because got, you got good people over there. Frank's excellent, you know. Got the nice hair going, you know. How did you like your trip to Philly? Was he was he as as gracious a host as I bet he was? Oh yeah, Frank's the absolute best. Love hanging out with him. Five days, did a ton. Went to Atlantic City, which isn't that far from Philly. I learned. Uh, went to the Bills Eagles game, which was a ton of fun. It was an awesome trip. So, did you know the words to Atlantic City? Uh, no. You don't. You didn't. No. You didn't. You didn't. When you were driving into Atlantic City, you didn't sing. Well, they blew up the Chicken Man in Philly last night. No, I did not. Okay. All right. I I did not listen to it, but I I saw somebody saying that you said Warren Fogle is trade bait. Please explain. Frank Saravalli has Warren Fogle on his first trade targets board of the year, and I think it's it shouldn't come as a surprise. I mean, if the Oilers want to make a meaningful addition to either their blue line or forward group or between the pipes, they are likely going to need to shed some salary, and Warren Fogle with his cap it, sticks out like a sore thumb in the Oilers' bottom six, right? It's $2.75 million on a winger who produces offense rather inconsistently. So if you can find a team that's willing, him to take, willing to take him off your hands or even give you an asset for him, like the Chicago Blackhawks did with Anthony Beauvillier and the Canucks, then you probably do it because it's going to make your life easier ahead of the deadline. So I don't think they're shopping him, but I think they need to be open to moving him. Well, it's interesting because I do think that, that... – you know, CeCe's playing well enough. I, I know they like Kulak on the third pair, and Fogel is a lot, but you'd need Holloway in to replace him, right? Like, if you're going to trade him for something else that's not another winger, uh, if you're going to trade Fogel for that, Holloway would be the natural person to, I guess, you know, replace him. Yeah, I think if, uh, like, I mean, long-term-wise, absolutely. The other side of it is, you know, if you can get out from that $2.75 million and Let's say you want to go add a defenseman that's 50% retained. Like you can also probably go find a winger somewhere who's one to 1.5 million, get them 50% retained and bring in some depth that way. I don't think that would be a crazy ask, but also, yeah, I think having Dylan Holloway, once he's healthy, slide into that third line role. I think that's a spot he can thrive in before he got hurt. Like remember he had that really good game down in Seattle. So the the Habs signed Sam Montembeau, and there's a player that, that had been rumored coming to Edmonton, whether or not that was ever talked about, we don't know. Does that mean they checked down to, to uh, Jake Allen or Caden Primo, or do, do you think it might be a, a Columbus goalie, or maybe they'll just recall Jack Campbell? Yeah, I think you nailed it there with the third option. I think it's becoming abundantly clear that this team is going to give Jack Campbell one more shot this season between the pipes, and if I'm being totally honest, I don't hate it. I think they should wait until a little bit later into December because I think just given how the schedule goes and the fact you have a five-day break right now, then another one around Christmas, you can end games against teams like the Chicago Blackhawks. You can give Pickard a start or two over your next 10 or 11. The workload on Skinner shouldn't be too much because of all those extended breaks. And you can give Jack Campbell, again, two, three, maybe four more starts down in Bakersfield. Let him get fully confident, bring him back up for the end of December, early January, give him a look. And if it's not going to work, then you know you need to go make a trade. And if it does work, maybe you've saved yourself a third round pick and some cap space that you can use on something else. You get a phone call from the orders today from Hockey Ops and they want to know what you think you should do or they should do with Philip Broberg. What's the call? 
wow, is that ever a tough one? I, I, I think they should play him a little bit, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest. But the way Vinny DeHarnay is going, it's like, well, he doesn't deserve to be taken out of the lineup. And the forward group looks good, so you don't want to go 11-7. and seven. So Philip Broberg's just in no man's land, where does going down to Bakersfield really help him at this point? I don't know how sold I am on that. Does working with Paul Coffey help him? Yeah, potentially. I think where we're heading here, Low Tide, is this team's going to be in win-now mode, or they are in win-now mode. They're going to be approaching the trade deadline like a team in win-now mode. It wouldn't surprise me if Philip Broberg is trade bait when we're talking about this team and potential moves in February and March and trying to upgrade this team because, listen, their top four is set in for the next couple of seasons here. Like Cody Cece's under contract still for next season. Brett Kulak's under contract for a number of years. Their left side, I should say, is locked in for the next few years. I don't know if there's a natural spot for Broberg to slide in, and if you're not convinced of him being a top-four option for you in the next year or two, it's probably smartest to cash in on whatever value's left there. I think that's very fair. What? How deep would it go? I know the first-round pick will be in play for this and next year, 24 and 25. Second-round pick is available in the 24 draft. Uh, we've talked about Broberg, uh, Lavoie, Borgo. Is, is Holloway there? Uh, how deep would you go on the prospect list? Anybody and everybody? I think so. I think Holloway's, you know, a contributor on your NHL team when he's healthy. So you probably want to hold off on moving him this year. And he should be a cost-effective third-line winger for you for the next number of seasons. So I think you keep a piece like Dylan Holloway. I think everyone else is on the table in the right move. If someone wants to give you a lot for Xavier Borgo or some team, I should say, values him highly, then yeah, go out, trade him for a guy like, you know, if you can have Borgo and a pick and a cap dump for Travis Konechny, like giddy up, let's go do it. If he's the cost of getting out of Jack Campbell, maybe you have to swallow your pride a little and do that too. Uh, the one name who, Lotad, you, you might like this, I, I think Max Max Warner might be untouchable. I think he actually may have leapfrogged Philip Broberg on the organizational hope chart here. Yeah, I think that's fair. He really is good, and he's he's young. He just got starting pro started pro hockey, and he's playing really really well. Um, the 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 list you've given me there, I think, is is certainly got everything surrounded. If Bo Aiki was the ask, if the price was good enough, do you trade that? Like he's he's just got here and he's injured out for the year. Um, but if a team wanted him as the prospect in return, would you consider that? Yeah, they're going to value him significantly higher than his draft slot. I think you do. I mean, we we saw Ken Holland do it last year with Reed Schaefer, right? They just picked the guy. Nashville said they wanted him, and Ken Holland focused on on improving the NHL team. Said absolutely. So I, I think you shouldn't have any untouchables right now. If there is a player that you think transforms your blue line or gives you a legitimate 30-plus goal pace scorer that you can add midseason to the forward group, like, you got to do it. Like, again, this is Stanley Cup or bust stuff. This is where the Oilers are at. As much as you need prospects who can slide in and give you cost-effective minutes and play on their ELCs and all of that stuff, you also need to win playoff rounds this year. So I just don't think they're in a position where they can be hugging every prospect. Our guest is Tyler Gramchuk on Sports 1440. I want to get a lay of the land. I know what you do, and I know what Bag Milk does. What does Zach Lang do? He's sitting in the room next to me right now, cranking out 200 articles a day, it seems. He's always writing. Okay. And, like, is he is he a good guy? Is it Like, if you said, hey, could you get me a coffee, would he? 
Oh, yeah, he definitely would. He's always okay. lurking around and looking to have little conversations. He's the best. Yeah. Who's the hardest worker over there not not named you? Well, no, I can't answer the question, Lotite. Come on. Well, I'm, back in the day, you would have. You would have. You would have told me I wasn't working. So, you know, what the, is it Kennedy Trash? Is she the one not working? Uh, she's also sitting in the room next to me right now. And yes, she is our resident genius. I love her work. I do, too. She's very good. All right. So you're not giving me anything there. Uh, I want you to tell me if the orders are going to make, aside from Jack Campbell, a move between now and the end of January, what would it be? The end of January? Yes. Um, I think the most likely thing would be Jack Campbell comes back, he doesn't play well, and they're forced to go get James Reimer by the end of January just to go add some kind of a goalie. I think every other move, blue line, forward group, whatever, that'll wait till closer to the deadline. So what what's the weekend plan? Is it Are you partying like uh, you used to, or are you settling down as a human now? Low tide. I'm working tonight. Golden Bears, McEwen Griffins down at Claire Drake Arena. I'll have the call. A little cross-city rivalry. It's going to be awesome hockey down at the Drake tonight. All right. Second question. Why do you, When do you sleep? Uh, I'll, well, I'll sleep tomorrow because there's no Oilers hockey this weekend. And yeah. my bills don't play. So, geez, I got the full weekend off from sports. I'll just be sitting nervously scrolling Twitter waiting for Otani to sign. So, uh, the bills, do you want to talk about it? Ugh, not really, honestly. It's heartbreaking, but I still think they got an outside shot. The the, I mean, what happened, friend? They just they've lost too many coin flip games, like the too many men against Denver. That should have been a win. Jake Elliott makes a miracle field goal. That should have been a win. Like it's just been very frustrating. They should honestly, like those two games should be wins. They should be eight and four, and that's why I think they're good enough to go win four of their last five and make the playoffs. All right. Okay. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want them to miss the playoffs because I think they're a fun team, but man, they're, yeah. they're making it hard on themselves. All right. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the call. You too. See you, Todd.